podcast title is Confessions of a Cleaning Business Owner. This is a series of podcasts to let you know what really goes on behind the scenes in running cleaning businesses. From these, you will learn what works and what doesn't work in running a cleaning business and speed up your growth journey by learning from our many mistakes. I'm Louise. And I'm Diane. And today we're going to talk about starting a cleaning business. I love it. So, Diane, uh, when we start a cleaning business, you need to start with an idea, a dream, you know, what we're going to be. How did you see yourself? How did I see myself? Um, well, I started with a quite a big dream, actually. Um, I wanted my own business. I knew I wanted to work for myself. Cleaning kind of satisfied some of the rules that I'd been taught about business, that it's repeat business and relatively easy to train people to do the job. And I wanted to build a business, then sell it and move to France. That was my big dream. Quite clear, quite specific. I love it. I'm not sure I quite had the same dream. I I was <laughs> pregnant and I just kind of wanted a job at the time. And I it was cleaning or dog walking. And I thought, well, if I get morning sickness and let a dog down, it's really bad. So I thought, cleaning, this is not the best way to start, is it? But, you know, it grows. It's how a lot of people start, though, isn't it? You know, it's, it's a job that fits around family. And that was a big thing for me as well, to be fair. My daughter was a lot younger. But it, it is a job that kind of works for people in that way, isn't it? Or I say a job. It's a business that works for people in that way. It is. So the next step to starting a business, which if we're honest, not everyone does, research. I bet you did your research, didn't you? I did a lot of research, I have to confess. Um, it's probably, you know, it's how I am. I like to be sort of like have everything organised. That's the kind of person that I am. So I did a lot of research. And, and um, one of the things that I had to do as I started was open a bank account. So I did a really good business plan. It was amazing, I have to say, even if I say so myself. My bank manager loved it. And um, so I'd done some research on my competitors and everything else. And yeah, I did this amazing business plan. I don't think I then looked at it again <laughs> for about nine months because, yeah, it, it wasn't really part of my business. It was just something I writ I'd written at the beginning thinking this is how it will be. But the reality isn't always quite like that, is it? If I'm honest, I don't think I even did that. <laughs> I really don't think I did. But the next part of research, the most important part, how did you learn to clean? Ooh. That's <laughs> yeah. the hard bit. How do any of us learn to clean? Well, my mum's a bit of a clean freak. Um, so, um, you know, she was a stay-at-home mum. So, um, yeah, she was very much into keeping the house clean. So I learned a lot of tips from her. But really, I think I just made it up as I went along when it came to actually having a cleaning service and providing it for other people. I just thought this is how I would clean a bathroom. So this is how I'm going to clean a bathroom for other people. That's how it should be, isn't it? I, I, mine was, uh, well, for the first two years, probably pretty much the same. I learned to clean from my customer. And one of the best tips I got from one of my first customers, and I still do it, I keep all the cleaning bottles, you know, the wine bags from Tesco's or Sainsbury's, and you can put six in a plastic bag. They are brilliant for spray bottles, really good. So we still use those in our now proper plastic containers but really handy for carrying things about um, but yeah I probably didn't learn to clean properly for two years until I got a phone call a cold call 
a good cold call, um, being told that we got funding um, for an MVQ, everybody got funding for an MVQ in cleaning, and my staff were all eligible. So I put about eight staff on this MVQ. I was really happy and really proud because I was running a proper business at this stage. Um, and it turned out that they get tested on how good they are at following our systems. And we didn't have any systems. <laughs> I didn't do colour coding. I didn't really know about COSH or risk assessment. So when they had to fill in a box about where we kept the chemicals, they turned to me and went, Louise. And I was like, oh no. So if I'm honest, the MVQ was a very fast assessed learning curve um, into having everything done right. And there was a lot of risk assessments written quite rapidly. It was, it was six months hard work um, because I had too many staff already. Um, so yeah, I wish I'd learned that sooner. Yeah. I wish I'd learnt to clean. I think I knew a little bit more, probably a bit, a bit about COSH when I first started because a lot of my uh, initial research um, when I was doing my business, my fancy business plan that I didn't use, and when I was doing my initial research, I was part of quite a few online forums which were mostly commercial cleaners, um, carpet cleaners, mostly men, might I say, where um, we, we kind of joked that it was all about the size of the equipment rather than necessarily about the if running of the business. If you don't have a truck mount, you are not invited exactly in. Exactly that, exactly that. <laughs> anybody that knows knows um so some of the advice I got on there was very it was just completely not aimed at the domestic cleaning industry and some of them would laugh at my plans for my business or oh, you can't do that as a domestic cleaning business that's not possible um so I, I was aware of Kosh, but then I was, would look at my bottle of Flash and kind of go, how do I apply what they've just said to me cleaning Mrs Smith's toilet? It, it, it just didn't, didn't work. work. No. no. And, and I think that's true. And I found this with the MVQ even. They were teaching me these things. And I was going, well, that's great. But it didn't work. And, and we actually ended up having to drop the MVQs after three further rounds of them because it, it just, we weren't even ticking the boxes. We were doing our best to apply it, but you just couldn't make it work. And, and I think that's been the problem an awful lot in the domestic industry that even now um, it's taken us getting specialists in to actually go, what is best practice? Because we can't apply the commercial rules all the time. We can sometimes. Yeah. And you were saying about the MVQs is they want to test people at the site that the person's cleaning, don't they? Which, as you said, could be how a couple you, of houses. How do you it? do that? So I had eight staff to test. And of course, they were at eight different houses. And the MVQ assessor would have to go from one to the next, hoping to catch them because each person may do two or three houses a day. Um, and he wants to see specific skills. Like if he's testing them on mopping, he wants to see them mopping. Well, they only mop for five or 10 minutes. He's got to catch them at that moment or he won't see them mopping. So we really had a tough time time um, actually rolling out the MVQs um, and in the end we took all that learning and all that knowledge bought it all in-house created our own training from all of that um, and so now they get trained and we know it's to the MVQ standards but of course they don't actually get an MVQ because we couldn't get the external assessors in yeah and I suppose starting out that's still the same problem out there, isn't it? For somebody starting a domestic cleaning business, or to be honest, any cleaning business, but specifically domestic, it's still hard to find the right training out there, isn't it? How do you learn how to clean? Well, we know the answers. You go online to Jangro or, or Bix, love Bix. Um, Okay, legal stuff is my next topic. Okay, I've called it legal stuff because that's really how we all think about it when we start a business. Uh, 
legal stuff. We, by that, really, it's HMRC and insurance. So tell me about your... You're going to have done this perfectly, aren't you? Legal stuff when you started out. Do you know, insurance was probably the hardest bit for me um, because... I couldn't really, I'd look online where I might have looked for car insurance and to try and find some business insurance that actually covered me for what I what I wanted was actually quite hard. Um, and yeah, I ended up going with a really good provider, but it was really hard to find. Um, and actually at first they were a little bit dismissive. A lot were, weren't they? Ten years ago, we couldn't get good providers, could we? No. So, yeah, gleaming or polished? Gleaming. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they're the two major ones in the domestic <laughs> well, market. We're polished now, so go figure. <laughs> yeah, we went the other way. We started polished and went gleaming, but both, both are really good. So it is hard to find uh, good insurance. And then the question that everyone wants to know, when you start a business... What do you actually have to do? Legal stuff. What do I legally have to do? Well, the main thing, the, the main two things really that you said, it, it, definitely insurance. You need insurance to protect you um, and to protect your clients, but actually to protect you. But HMRC is the other big one, isn't it? You have to register as self-employed. One of the biggest questions I kept asking when I first started was, can I have staff if I'm a sole trader, if I'm self-employed? And I was getting really bad advice from those same forums I was talking about earlier, the, the, the commercial and carpet cleaners. They were giving me the wrong advice because, of course, you can have staff when you're self-employed as a sole trader. But how do you do it? And, and by staff, that's the other question. Do we mean self-employed staff or do we mean employed staff? Can I even employ someone if I'm self-employed myself? Yeah, absolutely. And I did not know the answer to that when I first started. I thought I did, but then I realised, oh, maybe I don't. And maybe I just thought I could and maybe I'm wrong. So for anyone listening, I hope you know the answer to this now. <laughs> what is the answer? If you start up and you're self-employed, do you, do you, are you stuck with self-employed? Can you take unemployed? What, what are your options? Um, well, if you're self-employed, a sole trader, that's what self-employed means. You're a sole trader just working for yourself. You register with HMRC and you can also register to be an employer as well. Absolutely fine. Um, I won't go into employed versus self-employed people, um, but you can definitely be an employer if you're a sole trader yourself. Perfect. And so the really all you have to do is register as self-employed on HMRC and then you're up with your bucket with my bag, my Tesco's wine bag, to go off and, and clean. And that's you covered as long as you've got the insurance. I love the Tesco wine bags, by the way. It's a I, great tip. I'll give you one for Christmas. <laughs> um, so our next step, right? So we've started out with a wine bag. You've got to get your first customer. You've got to tell everyone. You've got to go to market. You know, how are you going to get your first customer? I, I, you're a bit of a dinosaur, aren't you? How I did you get your first dinosaur? So, bearing in mind, I started my business 14 years ago. We weren't really using Facebook quite so much 14 years ago. So, my first clients came from flyers, a very fancy A4 flyer that was full with so much information. It was ridiculous, but I did actually get some clients from it. So, it did work. Nowadays, I would definitely start with Facebook as my first port of call for a, as a solo cleaner. What about TikTok? Have you? I can see you doing a dance. <laughs> TikTok, yeah. No, I'm. I'm Far too old for TikTok. Nobody wants to see me on TikTok. <laughs> but, but the point is now you're not going to flyer because it costs too much to print when social media is so free. So, yeah, absolutely. All you need to do is 
clean your own house, have some before and afters, start posting. There's lots and lots of free software out there that can help you create really eye-catching things on social media. So, no, absolutely. And if you want to go with TikTok, go for it. Maybe Instagram would be a good, better place to start. <laughs> I don't know. Seeing some cleaners doing really well on TikTok. I, I, I like Instagram and TikTok. Well, we'll talk later about that one. Um, anyway, so you're going to tell everyone, and that's the point, you are going to hit your social network first um, and just tell them what you do it's so easy um then quoting quoting this is where it starts to go horribly wrong so tell us tell us about your first quote i did not have a clue so my first two cleans were both one-offs and um interestingly we, we've not quite touched on pricing properly yet have we but um my my starting price was quite high. But um, when I underquoted these two one-off cleans, my, my actual probably income was between three and five pound an hour because I so far underquoted. In fact, my first clean, I just worked my own socks off um, in order to get it done. My second clean for a client who actually is still a client after all these years, it started off as a one-off um, moving house clean. I actually roped my mum in to come and help me because there was no way I was going to get this massive house finished. Um, but I did it and he loved it but yeah probably about three pound an hour especially after I paid my mum so I, I did this I made such a mistake in one of my first ones that I quoted I had two bathrooms to do that's all I had to do four hours later I mean the bathrooms were bad I wasn't just a really slow cleaner um, four hours later I was still cleaning her kids were coming home from school she wanted me out of her house and the bathrooms weren't finished it created such a stressful situation um that and then she never used me again when I can see why now in hindsight had I known it was going to take me four hours I would have started earlier in the day and could have managed it so much better but you start out and you just don't have a clue really cleaning takes so much longer than you think and um customers still get shocked when I walk in and go yes your two-bedroom terrace house is going to take me 10 hours and they're like it's not even that dirty and I'm like yeah, it's going to take me 10 hours. Do you want your skirting boards done? Do you need me to wipe every blind? Do you want inside your kitchen cupboards done? And Yeah, learning to quote is definitely one of the first things should be on your list if you're starting a cleaning business just practice practice on your friend's house if you don't want to go out there and practice on your clients but effect really in reality you'll probably will do a bit of practicing on the clients and you'll be underpaid for it yeah it doesn't matter what you charge like i know so i started at seven pounds an hour like i think that was minimum wage 10 years ago um and seven pounds an hour while it's a terrible wage if you're charging for two hours and it takes you three well, i'm getting even less than that so um but yes going to your first quote because you get invited to this first stranger's house you're terrified you're going to walk in there and at best you might have a notepad you made a few mistakes with that didn't you oh just a few louise um but yeah because i came from a, a, probably a bit of a corporate background i was used to sort of dressing up for work shall we say and so yeah i would turn up for my quotes um very professional um with my suit on so suited and booted with my little clipboard and um yeah so i would i would be very professional i would you know i learned all about building rapport with people but actually uh, it was ridiculous because i would turn up in my suit with my clipboard and my client might be in their slippers or and their children were running around or the husband was just you know cooking tea or whatever and it was just bonkers that I was just no way correctly dressed for it basically I learned quite quickly within the first few months that 
I didn't go in my slippers, Louise. I know you're going to ask me that. I didn't go in my slippers. But I did go in my casual clothes because I had to be wearing what my clients were wearing. More, You've got to more match them, haven't you? Yeah. You look weird when you turn up and you look like you're going to deliver an overpriced service. Absolutely. If you, yeah. It's just odd. So, so, and the other thing I know that I, when I turn up to quotes, so one of the most important things about quoting, you turn up and you take your shoes off at the door. Have you ever done it with socks that don't match? So embarrassing. Always have matching socks because you will have to take your shoes off at some point. Or worse, go in sandals and you've got oh. bare feet. Oh, it's such a mistake, isn't now, it? Now, what you're going to do, you've got to walk around the house in bare feet. It does not look good for both of you. It's terrible. And it's terrible. the awkward start where you go and they say, keep your shoes on and you're going, I can't because I walked through mud. Or, or then they go, oh, it's fine. And you're like, I'm leaving sticky foot patches on your beautiful tiled floor. It never ends well. Yeah. So, yeah, matching socks. Socks. Make sure you are wearing socks. <laughs> Make sure you're wearing socks. And then quotes. And the other thing that I found about quoting is just be really honest. I say to them, look, I think this is going to take me about three hours. It's your house. What do you think? You know, if you're not sure, just ask. And um, they'd rather just... I found customers, particularly when I started, they like to tell me what to do a lot. So... Just ask them. So go with it a little bit, within reason. Go you still with need to it. manage their expectations as to what you can do in two hours. Yeah, but generally, you know, it's that open communication, isn't it? When they're saying, I want you to do my five-bedroom house in two hours, and you look at it and go, how? But, um, you know, you'll learn that through, through mistakes. And then first clean. They take us on. They agree that they are actually going to pay us some money into our bank accounts and they take us on. How was your first clean? Well, so my, my first clean was that one-off where I ended up roping my mum in because it went so badly. Um, but no, other than that, they, they were the, the worst cleans were those first ones where I just underquoted everywhere. Whether it was a regular service or a one-off, I just could not get the, the quote right. Yeah, it's hard. I found, so I don't know whether they're my first, first cleans, but they were in my first five. Um, and there are two customers. I was pregnant at the time when I started and they just had babies. Oh my goodness, these women, they were my best friends. They were lovely. They helped me so much. They gave me all their maternity stuff, their new baby stuff. I, I loved these people. Um, it was really hard when they found a new cleaner eventually mm. or when they didn't wait for me to come back from maternity. And I think that can be quite hard for a lot of cleaners. It was hard for me because it's like I'm losing my friend. And we see this an awful lot where maybe cleaners have massively underquoted and they say, look, I, I need to put the price up. But they can't do it because it's their friends and there's a real blurring because we are so trusted and we are so part of these people's family and we watch their families grow we see the pictures change we see the kids change from Peppa Pig to LOL and they grow up they start high school they start school um but yet these people don't necessarily even see us they wouldn't recognize us on the street and I think it's 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 a strange relationship as a cleaner sometimes because we we adore these people. Yeah, I agree, and I think it's it's where we almost almost it's the cleaning side that we cross the boundary and and believe the relationship is different to actually our clients probably just see us as as a service provider, a trusted and valued service provider maybe, but we tend to blur the boundaries because we're such caring people, and like you said, we do see their children grow up through the photographs and the toys, and and maybe they're there when we go to clean. Um, and yeah, we are 
providing a service. We have to be really careful. Yeah, but it's not just us that blurs the line. I've been invited to stay in their holiday homes and, you know, the things we get at Christmas. I love being given their secondhand clothes, which are more expensive than I can ever afford. And so you do, like, you know, it's not just us blurring the lines. We, they really are lovely to us and they're, they're telling us about their lives and they trust us. And I don't know about you, but I've had many a customer quite upset telling me all their problems and I feel like an agony aunt. Oh, yeah, definitely. I agree with that. And we are looking after their homes, aren't we? You know, it's not just a house, it's their home. But I think having those those boundaries blurred can sometimes hold us back. And, you know, if you're starting a cleaning business or you're, you're running a cleaning business, sometimes you might have that client where you don't feel that you can put your price up, for example. They're on, they're on the lowest rate that you charge. You've maybe been going for three years, but you're part of the family. They really love you and they can't afford for you to, to be charging them a little bit more you know and the question is you know are they going on holiday this year and you know be like oh yeah they're going to Mauritius and it's like well you know are you going on holiday this year maybe you know not quite somewhere as fancy as Mauritius I can't afford a caravan in Wales yeah so they can afford to pay that little bit but because the boundaries are blurred you don't see that you don't realize and that's the risk point for me um is to blur that I mean we do get involved in their lives and you know we can't help it yeah (laughs) so okay so we've done our first cleans We've actually done as they asked us to do. We've become friends, but not overstepped the boundary. And then you have to collect the money. (laughs) And why are you laughing at this? Well, this goes a bit wrong, doesn't it? Yeah, I'm laughing because for all my planning and my research and yes, I know I'm going to be run the the best cleaning business in the area. I forgot that actually if you don't remind people and ask people for the money, they're inclined not to actually pay you. (laughs) And And not because they don't want to. No. They but just forget. They forget. You know, the reason they've probably got a cleaning service is because they're busy people. So I sort of assumed if I gave people my bank details, they would set up a standing order and pay me. And I forgot to check. <laughs> so I had several clients and one particular client who got very cross with me because they owed me for three months of cleaning that I'd been delivering personally every week and they had not paid me for three months. And because I'd not told them, they were then quite cross with me and it was my fault that they hadn't paid me. Yeah. And it kind of was, but equally, they did know I was delivering the cleaning and at some point I should want to get paid. And then when they get a, a few hundred pounds bills, because it racks up quite fast yeah. if you're doing it weekly, um, you've done three months and they go well you're too expensive and you go well I'm not but it's three months worth of cleaning and I'm sorry that that's a few hundred pounds absolutely so yeah it leads to not only lost money for you but lost clients as well although a client that doesn't pay is not necessary it's a charity (laughs) yeah and but the thing is as well it's really awkward for us it's really awkward so um I guess the best tip is just stay on top of it spreadsheet Google Calendar, Google Calendar, tick them off when they pay, you know. Get methodical with it because, you know, we we all know that the last thing you want to do when you've been out cleaning all day is go home and do paperwork. But if you don't, you're going out cleaning all day potentially for free. (laughs) Which we both did. Yeah, we've both done that. So don't do that. But So just get methodical about it and just... Get a routine, even if it's just one sort of, you know, once a week that you just check that everybody has actually paid you. And I think a lot of people that I see now are really good at just sending that reminder text message. So it doesn't have to be cash, does it? It just is, you need to pay either before the next clean, on the day of the clean. People have different, people do it in loads of different ways. Um, And if they haven't paid before the next clean, yeah, probably just a quick text, your clean's tomorrow and I haven't been paid for the last one. 
please pay it. And that's the nice thing about texting, though, isn't it? Is you it don't it doesn't have to be so personal or awkward as the phone call, does it? It no. can be just a reminder. Last week's invoice is is due. Can you please make sure I get paid, basically? Or, or the fastest way to get them to pay. Don't turn up. Don't turn up. Don't turn up. Yeah. You don't Where have to you? threaten it. Well. <laughs> I'm really sorry. I was busy and you didn't pay the bill, so I put someone else in the slot. But, um, you know, when you're first starting, you don't want to take those risks. So it is, you know, a little bit of a reminder because customers aren't bad. They, I've got to say, they always pay, nearly always, unless there's a major problem. But when you start, they always actually, Absolutely. you know, they're not out to rip you off. No, it's just that organisation as you, you as the business owner, isn't it? Yeah. So we've covered quite a lot there. So we've had the idea, we've done our research, we've done the legal stuff, we've told everyone, so we've got customers, we've done our quote, got our pricing right, uh, done our first clean, invoiced. We're, we're done. That's, Easy. That there is us running a great business. Um, so to wrap up for you guys today, we hope that you've enjoyed it. Um, we'd love you to let us know your thoughts on it. This is our first one. We will be doing more. Um, and if you want to find out more, visit www.dcbn.org.uk. That's the Domestic Cleaning Business Network. It supports uh, cleaning business owners from startups right through to your bigger businesses. Um, and we hope that you will come and watch, view, uh, what's it called? Listen to our next podcast. Thank you very much. Thank you. Thank you.